On today's Locked on Jayhawks, Kansas football has been cleaning up in the class of 2024. Three new commits from over the weekend and Monday with Harrison Utley, Ja'Cory Stewart, and Austin Alexander. This is developing into one of the best recruiting classes that KU has ever had with Lance Leipold and company. Let's discuss on today's edition of the show. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can like and subscribe to the show also on YouTube. And uh, on today's edition of the show, KU football had some big visitors in town over the weekend, and they are starting to clean up with some commitments. This is becoming one of the best recruiting classes that KU has been able to land in a decade plus and maybe even of the like recruiting rankings era. I know that sounds like hyperbole, but it's really not. We'll get into why on this edition of the show. But first, I want to talk a little bit about you know some of the players that they just added. And uh, first things first, we'll, we'll go just, I guess, chronologically. At least I think these are chronologically. Might not be. I forget who committed first with Harrison Utler or Ja'Cory Stewart. Uh, then Austin Alexander was the Monday recruit. So we'll kind of start off with um, what happened over the weekend, what they're getting long term, and then just what overall it means for the class of 2024. So first up, Harrison Utley. Um, so KU had this big group of commit or, or uh, recruits in general coming in over the weekend. I mean, I think it was like double digit guys and it was a big recruiting weekend. Uh, KU seemed to impress a lot of them. And there are even some that maybe didn't commit to KU, but in the aftermath, now KU becomes a serious player for them. Or maybe KU becomes the front runner for some other kids who didn't even commit this weekend that now could be good commits down the road. They seem to clean up and do very well over these visits. And at the very least, to get three commits off of one recruiting weekend. And on top of that, you're talking about two guys who are, you know, top 1,000 recruits and another guy who uh, hasn't been ranked on the like 24 7 composite to tell you where he is nationally, but like based on the offer list, could be a top 1,000 recruit is remarkable work for KU football and what Lance Leipold is doing. I say all the time uh, with KU football, you know, this isn't Alabama where you're looking at all your players being like, oh, can they all be top 300 recruits in the country? Um, at Kansas, if you get top 1,000 recruits, that's usually a big, big enough deal, right? And you get top 500, it's it's an even bigger deal than that. So Harrison Utley, the first one to commit, he is an offensive lineman, six foot three, 280 pounds. He is from Norman, Oklahoma. So I guess you went into OU's backyard and, and got him. I don't think he had an offer though from Oklahoma. So I don't think this is a situation where it's like you out recruited Oklahoma with the hometown kid. Um, but who knows, maybe that gives him extra, you know, chip on his shoulder to be like, I'm going to play against Oklahoma that well, I guess by the time he comes in, Oklahoma will be in the sec, but you know what I mean? That, Hey, I have a school right in my own backyard. They didn't recruit me. And uh, we have that chip on their shoulder. He is a three-star recruit. He is a top 100 offensive lineman in the country. He uh, just barely, I think he was 996 on the 24-7 composite. So just barely snuck inside the top 1,000 nationally. Uh, you look at the offers list, uh, not going to be a ton that jump off the page. Like you might see Harvard and Air Force on there. There was an offer from Iowa State. So you're talking another Power 5 and Big 12 level kid. Um, it's interesting though, because I, I think this is a kid where 
this is somebody that KU trusts and trusted their internal scout of the kid. And maybe some other schools don't know what to do with him. And I think part of that might just be the size six foot three, 280. I think KU likes the kid. I think KU, I, I believe he gets good grades and everything. KU thinks he's a smart player and they can develop him into something, kind of be a, you know, diamond in the rough, so to speak. Um, so, uh, that's with Utley. And then again, top 1000 recruit and everything. And then you have Jacory, uh, Jacory Stewart, who, uh, is a linebacker. He is a six foot, 210 linebacker. So again, kind of in the, in the same ilk as Utley where it's like, well, it probably doesn't really have tackle size. Like maybe a little bit undersized there. Stewart, just six foot, 210 pounds. Maybe that led to him being, you know, under recruited a little bit more than he could have been just based on the talent and the production. He did have some really good offers. I'm not trying to say he wasn't recruited heavily. I'm just saying that, you know, if you make him six foot two, 225, does he become a four or five star recruit? Right. Uh, so he's from Alpharetta, Georgia. He is a three star prospect. He is a top 100 linebacker. Uh, he is currently not in the 24 seven composite for the national rankings. 24 seven has their ranking on him. Uh, but all the other sites need to put that together so that the composite grade can kind of come out there. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to trust 24 sevens rankings. Uh, but here's the offer list Appalachian state, which has been, you know, one of the best group of five programs since they've, uh, kind of moved up from the SVS level, uh, Georgia tech, Indiana, Missouri, Mississippi State, NC State, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, Tulane, UCF. Uh, that is a very good list of offers. A lot of Power 5 offers there. UCF, heck, a Big 12 offer there. Um, some Big 10 schools in there, SEC schools in there, right? That's a really good offer list. Clearly, I would not be surprised if even though he's not uh, in the top 1,000 right now because of the 24-7 composite not having all the other ones if, if he didn't end up in that discussion and then you have austin alexander he was the uh, commit that announced to ku on monday he is a six foot one 165 pound corner from chicago illinois he's a four-star recruit a top 40 corner on the composite if you look at 24 it's interesting the 24 7 rankings only has him as a three-star whereas the composite has him as a four-star but in the composite he's a top 40 corner nationally in the 24 seven rankings, even though he's a lower star, he's a top 30 corner nationally. So kind of interesting, the, the balance between the two, um, but he is number 411 nationally on the composite. So he comes in and he becomes KU's highest recruit of this class. It was previously red Martell, the running back from California. Now Alexander comes in and he takes over that top spot in the recruiting rankings. He becomes one of, you know, the better uh, players that KU has been able to recruit and anytime you land those top 500 uh, obviously clearly not you know the highest guy KU's ever had I mean shoot just a couple of years ago Devin Neal was higher and stuff but um, he had offers from like every Big Ten school like you go to his offer list I mean you're you, seriously like Wisconsin Indiana Michigan Michigan State right like you go across the board you're looking at a bunch of Big Ten schools uh, you also have USC in there I guess they're going to be a big Big Ten school now Iowa State Duke uh, among others who offered him as you would imagine with a you know three four star corner in the case of Alexander who is top 500 nationally so a uh, very good haul that KU brought in with these three players I want to talk more in depth about what they're bringing to the table uh, what their future could be with the program what it means for the class of 2024 and KU football as a whole. First, though, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by FanDuel. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. 
you can make all sorts of same game parlays with the different game in action Bet on this player to have this many points over points plus rebounds plus assists Bet on the stanley cup uh who's going to score a goal how many total goals they're going to be combine your stuff up get boosted odds they have great promotions every day they have great boosts every day it's a safe and secure app you get paid instantly super easy interface to operate to go through to track your bets there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, so what is KU getting out of all these players? Again, three commits in tow for Lance Leipold and the Jayhawks. Let's start with Harrison Utley. Again, Utley, the offensive lineman, six foot three, 280 pounds. Uh, he is smart. He's, you know, I, I think you, you look at the size not being 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, like projects more to being an interior offensive lineman. Maybe you would project him more to be a guard. Uh, as I mentioned, I, I think the talk is that smart kid with good grades. Um, usually if you're talking about a smart player who's an offensive lineman who maybe isn't as big as some of these others, maybe you could profile into being a center, right? Um, you're going to be looking for you know, constantly on the offensive line, you're, you're looking to bring in multiple every class, right? You just want to replenish. There are enough guys that play there. There are enough guys that start there that you're constantly wanting to bring in more talent. And you look at the interior of the offensive line. Dominic Pooney is in his last year. Mike Nowitzki is in his last year. That's two interior offensive linemen. Um, then you look at Michael Ford and Spencer Lavelle. I believe both of them have two years left of play for KU. So then come, you know, 2025, you have now, at that point, departed Pune, Nowitzki, Ford, and Lavelle. And obviously, KU can hit the transfer portal, and I'm sure will hit the transfer portal to bring on more offensive linemen, as they've kind of done this, this offseason with you know Lavelle or Baines in the previous semester or Logan Brown, right? Um, but you look at constantly needing those interior offensive linemen. And of course, you have Armage Reed Adams, who I think could have three more years, uh, Drake Dorian, uh, maybe he plays tackle, maybe he plays guard, but I think he can have three more years. Kobe Baines, again, he can play guard or tackle. Nolan Gorchika can kind of play all along the line. Like all those guys could have three more years. Um, but you want to consistently have that next wave of development ready, right? And whether that's current guys they have on the roster, like a Kyle Farks, who's a redshirt freshman, or Joe Krause, who's a redshirt sophomore, or DK Stearns, who's got, you know, multiple years left, like you want to constantly have that next wave of player ready and constantly have that next class getting ready whether it's getting their body ready getting their you know it's the mental game ready from understanding the playbook understanding the system this is a position where you're constantly trying to have next up available and be locked and loaded for as long down the road as you possibly can so it's not easy for me to be like well yeah i think you look at it and utley would be right i just named so many guys utley will be the starting center in 2025 2026 whatever it is i don't know but i think he projects to be interior offensive lineman right center or guard and you're just going to continue to develop these offensive line and see what works out and, you know, try to get the most competitive offensive line out there that you possibly can. Uh, but maybe he comes in red shirts, maybe in year one, work on whatever needs to be worked on. Obviously 280 pounds. He's not somebody who comes in. Like sometimes you'll see defensive linemen come in and they're like, if it's a defensive end, he's like 220 pounds. Or if it's a defensive tackle, he's 250 pounds. And, you know, they're KU's going to have to spend the first year or two. You're in the program working your body up to D one level. Right. 
And that'll be the case here for Utley. They'll try to get him up beyond 280. I'm sure they'll try to get him up into, you know, past three bills, whether it's 300, 315, somewhere in that range. Um, but having 280, I think, gives you a little bit better start for where that needs to go. And then maybe you're talking about, yeah, he can compete for the two deep by 2025 or 2026. And maybe he becomes a starter for you at some point along the way. Um, like I said, you're just kind of adding numbers and adding as much competition and as much potential that you can go for on the offensive line. And when you're KU, you're looking at a couple different things, right? If, if you're not going to be getting the five-star guys, you got to be looking for certain traits that you're looking for guys who are smart guys who are tough guys who maybe have uh, like the frame, but you need to fill out the weight. Like there, there are certain things that you're looking to f help fill in the gap with. And uh, I think Utley kind of classifies as, as that guy who is smart and tough and, and should be able to come in. And I think fit exactly what KU is looking for on the interior of that offensive line down the road. Then we get to Stewart um, with Jacory Stewart, obviously, you know, bit of an undersized linebacker, um, really good athlete though. So as a junior, he had 90 tackles, 16 tackles for loss, had five sacks, three forced fumbles, couple interceptions. His team made a playoff run in, in Georgia's highest classification. So really high level of high school football, uh, but a really good athlete. He becomes the second linebacker to join the class for KU. If you remember, they added Jonathan Kamara, I don't know, a week or two ago. And, uh, with Kamara, the idea is that he could play anywhere. They could play him at safety, defensive end, whatever. He But seems like Kamara, the idea is to profile him into the Hawk position. And with Stewart, you know, he is a little bit undersized. He is a really good athlete. It wouldn't be crazy if he eventually became a, a Hawk player as well. But I think the idea for him is more so going to be bring him in, maybe add some weight to him, get him up to 225, you know, uh, maybe 230, and then have him be a part of a linebacker duo with Logan Brantley. And I think ideally that's what you're looking at. Maybe, you know, you come to 2026. So by 2026, you would have a either redshirt junior or a senior version of Logan Brantley, who was their top, their, their only linebacker recruit in the class of 2023. Then here in 2024, that would mean by 2026 that both Kamara and Stewart would be either juniors or redshirt sophomores at that point, depending if they get redshirted or not. And so, by then, maybe you get to a point where those are your three starting linebackers, right? Like Kamara's at the Hawk and uh, Brantley and, and Stewart are your other two starting linebackers. Uh, but I'll say what's interesting specifically, I think, about both Brantley and Stewart. And I think it gives you a little tell about what KU is going after. Like I mentioned, with KU, you're not – it's not KU basketball where KU basketball is getting, like, the top 20 commits in the country, right? And they're basically able to be like, yeah, we want everything. With KU – you're not going to get, you know, the players who have everything are going to Alabama and Georgia. And so you have a kid here who's only six foot low, 200 pounds at the linebacker position and needs to add, you know, some of that weight and stuff to his body. That's the case with Logan Brantley too, like low 200 pounds. They're going to look to add to his body, but you have a case here with both Stewart and Brantley of guys who are really athletic guys who, or, you know, are, are known as being really good competitors or had really good production at the high school level that you feel like they can turn into something special for you if you just get them into your developmental system. And I would throw Stewart right in the ring in that regards. Now, uh, what it means at the position, like with offensive line with Utley, you're probably going to continue to add offensive line. Like I said, you, you can't really ever have enough of those, especially with the waves that you're constantly trying to develop down the road. Uh, a linebacker, though, with two linebackers in this class, one last class, I wouldn't be shocked if they're done at this point. But who totally knows, I guess. And then the last one you have coming in here is Alexander. He's obviously a four-star recruit. Uh, 
good athlete as you would expect only 165 pounds so kind of the same thing with a lot of these players you're going to bring him in and probably going to you know try to add weight to him and everything now uh, the weight thing didn't stop Kobe Bryant or Melo Dotson from you know playing early in their KU careers or even playing at lightweights last year so Alexander is more the case of somebody that maybe he could hit the field in the early going you fast forward to next year in 2024 Kalen Gervin's going to have graduated by that point what happens if Kobe Bryant goes pro at the end of this year he was first team all big 12 last year what happens if he has another first team all big 12 season this year gets even better and he ends up being like a day two nfl draft pick and he decides to you know go off into the nfl draft and then at that point you still have some good corners on the roster right at that point you'd have i think Melo dotson back for his uh final year in 2024 you'd have um the possible emergence of some of the recruits that, that you've been kind of building up you have demarius mcgee who you brought over from lsu right you have some other good players but if alexander comes in like there there would be a chance that he's getting on the field right away as a true freshman at a position that unlike linebacker or lineman yes it'd be nice if you had that weight but again look to Kobe Bryant and Melo Dotson and be like well those guys have played even though they're slender just because they're good enough that it wouldn't be crazy for him to play early on um obviously if you're KU you'd prefer to you know develop a, a good enough system there where you're not having to play people unless you absolutely like they're that good and I think that's what they are developing. But I mean, with Alexander like that, he's your top recruit coming in. Again, you could be losing some players. But then again, what if Kobe Bryant comes back for a senior year and Melo Dotson's back and you have Demarius McGee? Now he has a year to kind of sit and learn and add weight to that body. And then he's a future stud at the corner position for uh, KU. That could very much happen. Um, KU obviously is in a position where, you know, with DBs, it never hurts to kind of in the same way of offensive line bring in as many as pot. Well, not as many. Obviously, there is always a limit and KU has certain numbers they want to be at with the different scholarships and, and different positions and stuff. But that's a position where you could always move somebody to safety and, and you can kind of work things around. And sometimes you get really good athletes there. So. Uh, I, I'd imagine they're still in on, you know, defensive backs and stuff moving forward. All right, let's finish things up here. Overall thoughts on now the class of 2024, because it is burgeoning. It is looking really good so far for KU to this point in time with Locked on Jayhawks. Finishing things up with Locked on Jayhawks, talking about the overall class of 2024. We'll get back later this week. I was originally, this episode was going to come out on Wednesday. We've kind of gone to a three uh, week or three uh, show a week schedule. Uh, here for the summer with the off season, but you know, with all these recruits, wanted to get something out to you now. So we'll get either a deep dive on uh, a KU or, or a possible KU basketball transfer target, or uh, maybe some stuff about Jamari McDowell and, and who's going to win the last rotation spot. Uh, we got a lot planned for you in the coming weeks here, so it should be a lot of fun. But overall, the class of 2024 now for KU it features six top 1,000 commits. Alexander adds to that. He becomes your top rated guy. Uh, Utley adds to that. So you have Alexander, you have Red Martell running back, Isaiah Marshall quarterback, Andre Gibson cornerback, uh, Carson Brune tight end, and then you have Utley on the offensive line. That's six guys. And, and you have a chance for it to work both ways. Like when it's all said and done, when the recruiting rankings are finalized when they're finished. Obviously, a lot of this could adjust. A lot of these players, I mean, these players are going to be playing their senior year of high school, right? So if they have a good year, maybe they move up. If they have a bad year, maybe they move down. And that could work both ways. Like you have uh, Gibson, Brune, and Utley are all ranked between 946 and 996. So there's a chance that with just slight rankings change with just players jumping over them, or if they, you know, fall just a tad, that they end up not 
top 1000 recruits. And then this stat that I'm talking about kind of goes to moot, even though at the same point in time, would there be that big of a difference if they're ranked 950 versus 1030? Probably not. But nonetheless, just just for the sake of it, we, we just put a cutoff there and sometimes numbers are arbitrary, but sometimes those arbitrary cutoffs are important. Um, so, you know, that could change. It could go down to four on the flip side. Those guys could maintain their ranking and you could actually add more. Jonathan Kamara and Ja'Cory Stewart are not currently ranked on the 24-7 composite because some of the other sites haven't ranked them yet. And in the case of like specifically with Stewart, I read off the, the offer list. Ole Miss, Texas A&M, like would it shock you if he was a top thousand recruit and then this number goes up to seven? So there are ways that that number can, can dish around. But as of right now, six top 1,000 commits for Kansas. Uh, they had five top 1,000 commits in the class of 2023, so you've now bested that. And keep in mind, this is with KU only having eight commits right now. It's not that KU is going to bring on a class of like 25 high school kids. I think it seems like the staff is pretty content settling somewhere between, I don't know, like 13 to 17 high school commits in a given year, and they're going to use the rest on the transfer portal. Um, so it's not that they're going to have a long way to go with recruiting, but that still leaves you, let's say they bring in 15 kids, you're still only about halfway there and you already have these numbers, meaning there's a lot more you could even accomplish, but you've already surpassed what you did last year with six top 1000 recruits. And prior to last year, six would have been the most top 1000 commits that KU has landed in a recruiting class since the 2020 recruiting class, which was led by Kobe Bryant and Lawrence Arnold. Then if you want to go back to the last time KU landed seven top 1000 commits in the same class it was the 2014 class a lot of those guys didn't totally pan out you did have daniel wise though who clearly did pan out and um i kind of put back to that and just be like yeah that was probably just like a david Beatty thing um and then it also gives you now because you're now compounding really good commits really good high school players coming in again KU's not you know adding 25 kids in every class but if they're adding 15 and they're getting a lot of quality ones and then you're supplanting it with the transfer portal that's even better and now they have 11 top 1000 commits with the six this year and the five that they had last year over the last two recruiting classes again you don't know who's going to stay committed where these guys are going to end up in the rankings will there be more will there be less but as of now that would give you 11 top 1000 commits over the last two recruiting classes with 2023 and 2024. That would be the most that KU has landed in a two-year span in over a decade. It was uh, either 2011-2012 or 2012-2013. I couldn't remember. Uh, so over a decade that they've been able to bring in that wedge of talent. And when you look at some of the past times that KU's brought in that talent, like 2014 or 2011-2012, it's kind of fallen on deaf ears because you haven't had the coaching, the development to really rile that up. Now you have the coach who's good at developing it. You have the coaching continuity. You have the scheme. You have the current success with the program that not only are you bringing in as much talent as you have in any year in, in a decade plus over the last few years in recruiting with KU, but you have the best developer that you've had in that time span. And I, I don't think like I, I almost thought that we figured out oh, with Lance Leipold, like the recruiting's not going to be great. It's going to be all about development. Well, the development is happening. But the recruiting has been a lot better than I think a lot of us would have thought. And that is really impressive and really important for what Lance Leipold is doing when you already know he is a good developer and, and does a lot of these things well. When you're adding in even better players now, that's only going to raise your floor. It's only going to raise your ceiling as a team and as a program. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. We'll be back later this week. Uh, we'll see if, if anything more pops up news related. Otherwise, might get into some deep dives on uh, transfer portal targets for KU basketball. This has been Locked on Jayhawks. You can find us anywhere you get any of your podcasts. You can find us on YouTube as well. Have a good rest of your day. See you next time with LOJ. Later.